exactly clear There's a man with a gun over there Telling me I got to beware I think it's time we stop Children, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down I'm C.J. Layton coming to you from inside the Phantom Radio Studios in Lake Wales, Florida home of the premier radio bowling talk show. Long ago, Bowlers Journal International called Phantom Radio a pioneer in the field of bowling podcasts because the show was regularly scheduled at the same time each week. The late Kegel owner, the great John Davis, told Len Nicholson to start this program because, quote, people need to know what you know, end quote. This PBA and bowling writer Hall of Famer has now recorded over 1,200 shows and has featured over 425 guests since 2002. 20 years plus of bowling knowledge, story sharing, and true expertise. Phantom, we need to know what you know. So Phantom fans, here's your host, Len Nicholson, The Phantom. Well, thank you, CJ, and a reminder that Phantom Radio is presented by the Kegel Company, the number one lane maintenance company in the world for all of your lane maintenance needs, including 24-hour technical support. You can always rely on the Kegel Company. So go to kegel.net. Well, Phantom fans, for those of you that follow our show, you know that this year we have focused a lot on shows on some of our past stars both men and women. And this goes along with our promise when we started way back in 2002 that along with passing along knowledge and information, we will maintain the history and tradition of our great sport. And this week and next week, we will talk to a lady that is considered by many as the greatest of all time. And I can easily say that for three easy reasons. Number one, she was a four-time bowling writer, bowler of the year. She was the first woman to win over $100,000 on the tour in one year. And she was the 80s bowler of the decade. And there's more, there's a lot more, but let's get her out here and say hello to Lisa Wagner. Hello, Lisa, welcome back to Phantom Radio. Hello, Len. How are you? You know, I'm great. I'm, I'm excited that you're back on the show. I know you've st- stepped back from bowling, you know, the last several years, and we haven't had you on for several years. But along with this tradition of interviewing the greats from the past, and you were right there at the top of the list, and I finally got you on, even though your <laughs> husband said you won't ever get her back on. <laughs> so I thank you for that. Well, it's a very much pleasure to be on with you. Well, I'm just honored and I'm nervous uh, that we're going to take two shows because there's so much to talk about with you. And I want to start at the beginning. Uh, When did you start bowling and who influenced you? And were they also your first coach? Well, I started bowling at age five. I mean, I was actually in league by the time I was six. Um, back then, uh, you couldn't even, uh, you weren't really supposed to start league until you were eight years old. 
but fortunately my parents were coaches. <laughs> so um, they uh, got permission um, to uh, put me in league because they would go, <clears throat> excuse me, and coach uh, junior bowling, you know, uh, two shifts a day. You know, back then we had, you know, huge junior programs. And they would coach and they said, well, rather than her run around and get in trouble or whatever, you know, they said, let's put her in league. <laughs> so I started league by, you know, age six. They had the biggest, uh, you know, they were always bowlers. Um, they bowled league themselves two, sometimes three nights a week. I would go with them a lot of the time. And uh, after league, they would go with their friends into the coffee shop and have a slice of pie, or they would step into the lounge. <laughs> and uh, the owner of the center there, uh, little Cortez Lanes in Bradenton, um, he would, you know, say, here, here's a lane. Go bowl. <laughs> so <laughs> I was always bowling. Well, you came from some good stock, obviously, and they knew what they were doing because uh, you ended up, I wish I could have seen you at that age, but I didn't know you. And, but I know that you had to have some great coaching because your style would hold up forever and ever. And, you know, the thing I want to ask you was, at a young age, were you also a totally athletic? Did you stand out in other sports like softball or volleyball or anything like that? I was in it all, <laughs> pretty much. Um, I went to a small school, um, a small um, private school, Christian school, and uh, from age, from uh, fifth grade on, the coach of all the, most of all the sports was also our Bible teacher. And if I didn't play um, that sport, even if I didn't really like it all that much, if I didn't play, he was like, come on, come on, let's go, come on, come on, you gotta, you gotta play. And we just bug, bug, bug. So, you know, I, I wasn't always, uh, like, if I wasn't, didn't really want to play basketball every time, but I did every time um, because, you know, he, he would just bug me. So I played volleyball, softball, basketball. Uh, when we did track and field, things like that, that one was uh, a little rough. I could do things like uh, we, had a, we had a softball throw event back then, and I would do that. But as far as, like, uh, you know, uh, running, um, anything like that, because I could do a if I did a hundred yard dash, I could do a hundred yard dash in a day. <laughs> so um, <laughs> obviously not a very fast runner. So I didn't do anything like that, but every other sport, um, yeah, I was in it. Well, that was important because, you know, the worst thing you could do is rush the foul line. So you weren't fast. <laughs> that was a blessing for you. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. yes. All right. So, as you got older and you improved, uh, obviously you had to get better from when you were five years old. Uh, eventually, did you get another coach? Uh, because obviously you had a beautiful style. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate all of the kind words. I did. Um, the most influential person to me when I was uh, coming up through the ranks and everything uh, was Tommy Evans. Um, and, you know, many of many of the listeners will recognize that name from the men's pro tour, mainly the senior um, where he was a you know player of the year and everything, just a fantastic game. Um, very knowledgeable. And uh, when I was very young and, you know, going to the center at night, he was the mechanic at the little Cortez lanes where I grew up. 
And I would constantly bug him, uh, just, you know, hanging around and he'd be fixing a ball return and I would ask him questions and he would say things like, why don't you go play out in traffic? And <laughs> why don't you go take a long walk off a short pier? I remember those days, him saying that so well, you know, just, uh, that was Tommy, you know, we got, you know, we got to be friends, you know, um, through a, a few years there when I was young and he moved away, um, moved to a different part of Florida. Uh, years and years later, uh, when I was in my teens, uh, he came back and opened a pro shop in Sarasota area. And I was bowling a league there. You know, we got reacquainted, and he started coaching me. That that was the biggest influence and the, the best coach I had um, coming up through the through the years. Yeah, he was a good guy. I knew Tommy well. In fact, uh, I can tell that he had an influence on your game because he had a beautiful style. One heck of a nice guy, too. And, you know, mm -hmm. it kind of reminded me, uh, last time I saw him was on the senior tour, and uh, which uh, leads into this next thing I want to talk about for a moment. But we got a new sponsor. I have a special announcement that I want to make. So get your pencils and paper ready. Uh, here's your chance to get a one-of-a-kind souvenir. It's a brand-new Glenn Allison 900 shirt and enjoy a discount from Phantom Radio. And the 900 shirt has an image of Glenn on it, and it says 900. I did it. So call his friend and manager, Jerry Hale, to order it at 714-309-7587 and be the first in your area to get this historic souvenir shirt. So call Jerry at 714-309-7587. And be sure to mention Phantom Radio for your discount. Uh, there was another good bowler. Did you get to know Glenn Allison at all? I did. I didn't. I did know Glenn. Yes. And um, what an amazing feat. I remember when that happened and uh, just spectacular. Unbelievable. I mean, he opened the floodgates the, to break uh, Allie Brandt's record, which unfortunately Glenn's wasn't ever sanctioned, which is stupid because he was in he was a, a Hall of Fame member of the USBC and they turned it down. But you know politically they didn't want anybody to ever break Allie Brandt's 886 record. But we all yes, know that it was it was perfection. You know I mean and and back in the um, those days I mean you know look at the equipment we were using. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Back in the days of dinosaurs, <laughs> man, those hard rocks that you guys threw. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right, listen, uh, I want to change directions for a moment. As I mentioned in the opening, there's so much to talk about with you. But because the last time you were here with us, and I remember uh, you told us of your love of animals. Tell us what you're doing with that, Okay. Well, um, mainly right now, just trying to help out uh, rescuing, uh, getting cats off the street, you know, getting them, catching them, socializing them, uh, getting them spayed and neutered and uh, shots and things like that, and then out to homes. You know, that's, that's mainly what I like to do. I have two dogs and quite a few cats, and a lot of them will be, you know, going to different homes. Well, that's a wonderful thing to do. Um, my ex-wife saved cats and rescued them and all that, and it got to be an obsession to her. 
she would have cages and different shopping centers around town. Uh, one year, fortunately, she was working. She was a travel agent and had a pretty good job, but she had saved 200 cats in one year and it cost 75 bucks each to get them fixed and neutered and all that kind of stuff and give them shots. And I says, I can't afford this anymore. You know, it, it became an obsession to her. In fact, everybody in the small town we lived in had one or two cats and she was famous in town for all these cats that she had. But you know, they get under your skin. They, you know, they're furry, they're, they're lovable. They're smart. And as a matter of fact, right now, I have one cat, so. <laughs> <laughs> I have a few more, <laughs> but it's, you know, I, I've, I've loved, I love every animal. Um, you know, it's just, uh, you know, I, I can't, I can't even watch a horse race. When, you know, if you look at the Kentucky Derby or the Preachers, yeah. anything like that, I can't watch it because I'll sit there and cry yeah. because they're such beautiful animals. And well, I just get, you know, emotional because they're so, they're so gorgeous. And I love horses. I, if, if, you know, if I could, I'd have a polar bear here at the house. <laughs> yeah, I love them all. Well, you know, that's something I didn't know. And uh, we have never talked about it, but. I stopped watching about 10 years ago uh, in the one race uh, that horse broke its leg and kept running. And man, I can't stand that. I never watched the race ever since then because he was running down the back stretch and his leg was totally broken and was flopping around. It was sad. Yes, it is. It's, it has to be hard on them. Um, you just, you know, you sure appreciate their, their beauty and strength. So do you have a, a veterinarian that you go to with uh, problems because they, they crop up from time to time? Absolutely. I do. I, I did. Um, uh, anytime that there's a, um, an issue or whatever, they go in. Yes, absolutely. I worked as a uh, vet tech. Um, you know, after, after you know, I, I quit bowling uh, uh, for a living, I, you know, have, did several things, and one of them was I always wanted to work with animals, so I became a vet tech. I walked into a veterinarian office one day and said, um, I, I'd like to, you know, work with animals. Do you have any openings? And the doctor there that owned the practice um, said, uh, come back tomorrow. So I did. <laughs> And he took me immediately, he was doing a surgery, um, doing a, uh, uh, an exploratory in the bowels, and um, brought me right into surgery to see if I could handle it. And I loved it. I loved the, you know, watching it and learning from what he was doing. And, cool. and I got hired that day um, and basically trained, trained right there. Um, you know, just, just working with the other techs and everything. So I learned how to, you know, work with animals like that. Yeah. You know, animals are so smart. Uh, my cat will be walking down the hall every once in a while and all of a sudden jump up against the wall, start scratching, running <laughs> down. And I'm sure they can see spirits uh, from days gone by, but they're, they're so smart. But, you know, when they get sick, they're so helpless. Uh, they need us uh, to help them yeah. out. So. So, uh, did you remember uh, a player named John Forst? Of course. Okay. His wife, Tracy, uh, John unfortunately passed away, but she raises these dogs. And I'll tell you what, you talk about close to a, the animals. She's on Facebook every day with a picture of her and her dog. Unbelievable. 
It's I I actually um was there the day that John and Tracy met. <laughs> I was there. Wow. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was a marriage made in heaven. They loved each other it, so much. Uh it was. They were inseparable after that very day. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yes. Great yeah. people. Oh, unbelievable. All right. So you retired. But you can't just give up bowling. You got to be bowling league or something, right? I do. I bowl once a week. I bowl three games a week, and um, <laughs> I bowl. And that's it. I bowl actually tonight. Um, uh, I I bowl senior tournaments, and I and I uh, bowl a tournament in Spring Hill every year. It's a senior tournament, it's huge. Um, so that's where I do get to see Tommy Evans uh, and Lynn, his wife. I get to see them, you know, a couple times a year, which is very nice. So, um, so I bowl tournaments like that. I bowl that team on TNBA tournament. Um, got a couple coming up in uh, January. And so I got to, you know, I do have to get out and practice a little bit. So, um, <laughs> well, do, do you maintain <laughs> any kind of a practice schedule at all? Not really. <laughs> I, I go out and I bowl and I, uh, you know, try and get back into a little bit of shape. Um, you know, a couple of weeks before a lot of tournaments or anything and, you know, get on the elliptical machine and, you know, work out a little bit. So uh, other than that, um, I, you know, nationals, we, I, you know, still bowl nationals, uh, the USBC. That's yeah. But I enjoy it. I did quit. I quit at one point. Uh, I didn't throw a bowling ball for seven years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Once, you know, I've talked to all the people that have been there and gone and whatnot it's hard, you know, once you retire to maintain because you're not as sharp as you used to be and you can't stand to be bad. Any, you know, you were good so for so long, you don't want to be bad. So they they don't want to go out there and make a fool out of themselves. But are, are you are you still you're playing weight? Um, yes. Uh huh. Yeah, we're doing doing pretty good. Um, about the same as I always have been. All right. That's good. So, yeah. That's good to know. <laughs> so, I got one more question for you before we got to say goodbye. And uh, it might be a difficult one because going through your records uh, is unbelievable, all the things that you accomplished. What number one thing are you the most proudest of all your accomplishments? Oh, number one. Hmm, that's a, that's a difficult question. Um, yes, it is. I know it is. I, I've got to say it would have to be um, the being um, bowler, 80s bowler of the decade. I call it bowler of the decade <laughs> right now <laughs> anymore. <laughs> but, but I have to say that because it was over such a long period of time. Um, you know, I had the goal because, you know, when I first went out, Tommy was the one that, that said, hey, why don't you go ahead and there's a pro tournament up in Clearwater. Why don't you bowl? And I said, I can't do that. I was only 18, you know, at the time. I thought, I'm not, I can't do that. I'm not ready for that. Um, it was fortunate for me because I, uh, kind of fortunate, I guess. Uh, it was a silicone-based oil, which is very, very, very slick. And everybody had hard, a lot of people had a hard time holding on to the ball. And I loved it. I, I didn't have a problem. So, um, he talked me into bowling it, and I, ended, I actually led the tournament. I was fortunate enough to lead the tournament. <laughs> Lost uh, very big to Betty Morris. She she trounced me. 
then I was hooked after that. You know, I, I came up, you know, through the, that was uh, 1979, and they, you know, like in the 80s and stuff, they had, you know, awarded the decade winner and everything for the 70s. And I just thought, wow, that is something, you know, to, to have to do that, you know, for 10 years and be, you know, and work that hard. And <laughs> and so I was intrigued from, you know, the early, from early on with that. And, you know, kind of, you know, eight, nine, like around 1983, uh, I finally won a tournament after about 13 seconds, you know, I kept losing. And I, I, I learned how to lose before I learned how to win. Uh, that was, that was it. That was, uh, it got me going and, you know, I had to work, had to work very hard at it, but that's, I think what I would be most proud of. Well, you know, I, I wouldn't know what the, you were going to say, but I noticed that just recently you were inducted into the Florida state athletic bowling hall of fame or not bowling, but for all athletes in Florida. And over the years, there's about hundreds, if not thousands, of great athletes in that Hall of Fame. And you're in there with Don and Paula Carter. That's it as far as bowers go. That is one heck of an accomplishment. Well, I appreciate that very much. I was quite honored. And uh, they put on uh, the most awesome event there. Uh, we went to Raymond James Stadium in Tampa. It, it, it was fantastic. They, it was Everything was just first class and uh very very nice event and i was very very honored to be included in that yeah and only three bowlers needs to be a lot more <laughs> well i'll tell you well my dear i told you we're going to run out of time because there's too much to talk about with you i got a lot more questions for you so next week can you come back absolutely i would be uh, i would be honored to do that all right i got some great questions for you a couple of people knew you were going to be on they sent me text messages to ask you these questions. It'll be nothing personal, real personal, but we know how humble you are. You're never going to get up on the stage and start saying, I, 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 like you're in the Navy. But yeah, if you <laughs> get asked a question, we know you'll be honest. So Phantom fans of Old Clock on the Wall says we are out of time, and we look forward to talking to all of you again next week when Lisa will be back for show number two. And want to thank our sponsors, Storm Bowling and Brad Edelman from the High Rollers and Dave Kowalski, the bowling guru from Michigan, who was recently inducted into the Coaches Bowling Hall of Fame. So we want to announce one more announcement, and that is Phantom Radio will be starting a junior bowlers club uh, within the next couple of weeks. We're just rounding out the the different things that we're going to do about it, but there's a lot involved. If you're interested, just email me at saveoursport at yahoo.com. That's S-A-V-R-S-P-R-T at yahoo.com. We thank you all for listening. See you next week, Lisa. So from Phantom Radio, this is the Phantom. When you're down and trouble and you need some loving care and nothing well nothing is going right close your eyes and think of me 
soon.